Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Free speech is under assault like never before. Freedom is under attack more now than ever before. Because radical doesn't mean crazy. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. With the help of the media, big tech, and the global elite, the left is attempting to seize control of my generation. It's time to fight back. It's time to let freedom ring. Good morning, everyone. It's 8 a.m. And I haven't spoken to you directly in quite a number of days. Okay. I took a, well, obviously we don't do shows on Saturday and Sunday. Obviously. Friday and Monday I had off. Thursday, technical difficulties. I haven't seen you in nearly a week. It has been great, though. Um, I want to start this show off by praying for something that happened near my hometown uh, on Friday, I believe it was, yes, a police officer, 29 years old, pulled over a car for suspected Grand Theft Auto, ended up being Grand Theft Auto, that officer was then shot in the face, and when he hit the ground, the scum of the earth, then shot him again while he was on the ground, that officer has since passed away, and they are looking for this man, if you have any idea how to find this man. I'll, I'll pull up his name. I should have had his name ready. You please, there, there is a reward up to uh, $1,000. Or no, 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 sorry, sorry. I think it was $60,000 last I saw. Um, so obviously you shouldn't do it just for that. But if you uh, if you find him, his name is Patrick McDowell. He is considered armed and dangerous. My prayers go out to the family of Joshua Moyers. That was the officer who passed away. My 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 truest condolences do go out. It's great to see though that Nassau County, the county in which this this took place, there are uh, hundreds of people lining the streets, holding thin blue line flags, praying for the family. Uh, I saw one where obviously there's a huge manhunt for this guy right now, and I saw one, a couple of coffee shops and little uh, bakeries and whatnot all band together to make sure that every cop who is working 
what can, I can only imagine is 20 hour days has caffeine has coffee and it's just amazing it, it, truthfully it, it, it's what America is America is the country that you hurt one of our own and we're gonna find you and we are gonna find you but that is not what we are here to talk about today unfortunately I I wish I wish I could find him he might look like Swiss cheese but anyway vaccinations right what what is the right rate to be vaccinated so I saw a an article the other day uh, from Harvard you know, well it was about Harvard University it wasn't from Harvard University that said that they will go back to normal or sorry 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 sorry, sorry. that they are canceling in-person classes due to a COVID outbreak even though keep this in mind 95% of their students are vaccinated and staff students and staff 95% but that's not enough because Joe Biden thinks that we need 97 98 99 107 who knows are you ready for the United States to return to pre-COVID normalcy you're gonna have to be waiting a while though according to President Joe Biden he made the bold prediction Monday that the country wouldn't see a return to normalcy until 97 to 98% of Americans are vaccinated. His remarks came as the COVID booster shot was being blasted into his shoulder. I think it'll get awful close. I'm not a scientist. I think one thing is for certain. A quarter of the country can't go unvaccinated. I'm going to play the clip. How many Americans need to be vaccinated first to go back to normal? Like, what is the percentage of total vaccinations that have to be deployed? Well, I think, look, I think we get the vast majority, like it's going on in some of the, some industries and some schools, 97, 98%. I think we're going awful close. And, uh, but I'm not the scientist, uh, uh, I think. But one thing for sure, a quarter of the country can't go unvaccinated and us not continue to have a problem. Well, at least he admitted he wasn't a scientist because, I mean, his, he should ask his, his wife, Dr. Jill. Listen, if you want to be on the show real quick, te- text 912-254-4838, 912-254-4838. Do you actually think that, do you, let me ask you a question. Do you actually think that if the U.S. hits this 97 or 98 or 107 or 212%, the Democrats would let the COVID era face off into the, fade off into the history books? When this period of time of government spending spending via expanded safety nets, and it has been described as this generation's New Deal. Now, in September of 2020, Fauci told Wolf Blitzer that it might take a year to return to pre-COVID normal, but made sure to tell citizens they'd be wearing masks and social distancing for a lot more. Now, keep in mind, it's currently, I mean, basically October at this point. On Mother's Day weekend, uh, a couple of months ago, Fauci, Dr. Fauci Ouchi, moved his return to normal target to Mother's Day 2022 with conditions. Fauci noted that that was on one condition. An overwhelming proportion of citizens have to be vaccinated. That same day, Fauci told Meet the Press that wearing masks could become a seasonal thing. It was conceivable that as we go on a year or two or more from now, that during certain seasonal periods, when you have respiratory-borne viruses like the flu, 
people might actually elect to wear masks to diminish the likelihood that you'll spread these respiratory-borne diseases, Fauci said. Listen, the facts and the data are clear here, folks. But we still have the Biden administration, which has been, I don't know, 120 days behind the data, being unwilling to address the American public honestly because it'll hurt their ability to win campaigns as it should. It should hurt their ability to win campaigns. You can't lock this country down for going on two years almost and think that the vast majority of the American people are going to be okay with that. I'm sorry, folks. You just can't. But unfortunately, a lot of folks are okay with that because Orange Man is bad. If you look at Israel and England, two countries that are far more vaccinated than we are, they're setting hospitalization records and case records, even now. So this idea if we had 100% of the country vaccinated, COVID would just go away is just not true. The Biden administration has been lying to us, and nobody is willing to point this out. Well, I don't care. What are they going to do? What are they going to do to me? Is Joe going to get his son to come smoke some, you know what, with me? Listen. Here's my here's my opinion on this. If you want if you want to be vaccinated, get vaccinated. It's pretty simple. I think they're offered in every county in the country. If you want to get vaccinated, be my guest. If you don't want to get vaccinated, good, be my guest. I was talking to a person yesterday and we were talking about the flu actually. And I said, "It's just marvelly crazy how we we cured the flu." In March of 2020. Because I haven't heard a single person have the flu since then. This isn't about stopping you from getting sick. This is about control. This is about seeing what all they can do to you. Without fear of you beginning to potentially maybe, I don't know, uh, do whatever you want to do. Because you're an American and that is your right. Now, I want to get into a bill. A bill that was passed the other day that could have dire consequences. It was an inf- Listen, <laughs> I think we should ban infrastructure bills because every time they pass an infrastructure bill through the House, some crazy, there's some crazy amount of wacko liberal spending or, or, or whatever on the bill. So this bill, not good. Let me find it. Let me let me let me pull it up because I want to get the list. So, a lot of people passed it. It was in the NDAA. Uh, Greg Murphy, who is a congressman from uh, North Carolina, he put out a bill. He put out something condemning the attempt to conceal red flag laws in this bill. He said, our national defense bill is a key opponent, component of ensuring that our armed forces and their families have the resources they need and it is reprehensible that Democrats are trying to use the NDAA to support our vet, subvert our veterans' right to possess a firearm. Now, fortunately, both Republicans and Democratic leadership have publicly assured Congress that this egregious language will be removed from the final version of the NDAA while support the, the defense legislation as a vital pillar of eastern North Carolina's defense footprint and look forward to its passage, I will work tirelessly within conference to ensure that law-abiding Second Amendment, uh, veterans' Second Amendment rights are protected from uh, unlawful federal overreach. 
Now, that's all fine, well, and good, right? That's all fine, well, and good. And in just a moment, I'm going to play a clip from a congressman. But here's my question. If you thought that, if they had to tell you that that would be stripped, why is it in there in the first place? Why is it in there on the first place? That's that's my question. Seriously, I'm not trying to be. Why, why would you put it in there if it's not going to be if it's not supposed to be in the in, in in the bill? Because they want it in the bill. That's like saying, "Oh, I have this in my cart. I'm not going to buy it." No, I'm not going to buy it, but I do have it in my cart because you never know. You know, you never know if I'm going to want it or. Whatever. I'm looking up for the video right now of Madison Cawthorn because it's important. But this doesn't make sense to me. This doesn't make sense to me at all. All right. I... uh, before we get into that, I am hosting a giveaway right now. All you have to do to enter, not you don't have to pay a dollar. All you have to do is enter is text 912-254-4838 and you'll be entered for a chance to win a signed hat, a signed Trump hat from Donald Trump. It's not signed by me. Okay, it's, it's, signed, by, it's signed by Donald Trump. So that being said, Apparently, I, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, apparently, this video is not able to be played online. Hold on. We're going to figure that out. We're going to figure that out, and we're going to get back to it. But this is what I'm saying is just be careful, because Dan Crenshaw, Matt Gates, and all these people voted for this bill under the idea that it wouldn't be in there. Uh, Madison Cawthorn's video that won't pull up for whatever reason said something about the about the idea of I only voted for this bill because that part will not go into law. Sorry, I forgot that your job was to pass laws. That'd be like me saying, yeah, I only shot him because I thought the bullet would miss. Well, you shot him. Okay, that's not the point. Now let's get back to this COVID nonsense. In post-COVID election, Democrats claim they fought, whew, they fought to open schools. In 2020, American lives were disrupted as teachers refused to work even as parents still had to go to their jobs. How would moms and dads manage to not get fired while watching their kids all day and serving as de facto teachers? In some Democratic-controlled states, politicians did not seem to care. Shocker there. National statistics show that whether a school district was closed for an extended period was correlated with how severe coronavirus was there than the political power of the unions. Shortly before the pandemic, Virginia state legislatures expanded the power of public sector labor groups. In a few states, children missed out on more months of crucial learning than Virginians. It was an eye-opening experience for many parents, particularly in traditional Democratic strongholds like Northern Virginia. They saw that teachers unions were a special interest no different than oil companies, one that wielded massive influence over elected lawmakers and whose interests were not necessarily aligned with their own or those of the children. Now, this is my thought. This is my this has been my opinion on 
unions for a long time. I don't dislike unions. I think unions are a great thing because instead of instead of people asking the government for regulation, they ask their own employers. I personally like unions. However, unions are not on our side. Let's be let's be quite clear. Unions are not on our side. They are not in the be- they do not have the best interest of the uh, Republican Party and the conservative movement in this country. And I think we do need to look at their donations because as we'll get into, they're donating a lot of money. The school closures were at a breaking point and many parents began questioning whether they had made a big mistake by automatically voting Democrat in down ballot elections, often based on nothing but buzzwords invoking national political issues. But now that one of the first post-COVID elections is at hand, Virginia has the unusual practice of holding elections for governor and the state legislature during odd number of years to vote for Nick Freitas. An early voting opens September 17th. Democrats are attempting to erase the recent history that every parent lived and claimed that they actually were fighting to open schools. They typically use a phrase favored by the teachers' unions that they wanted schools to, quote, open safely. A deceptive turn of phrase meaning not open until enough demands from the union, some of which had little to do with safety or even education, were met. Joshua Cole, a Democrat representing the Fredericksburg area, is running ads saying he, quote, Work to get schools back on track, opening safely. Representative Val Vackenberg, a former teacher now representing a swing area in Henrico County, claimed he, quote, got to work in the House of Delegates, bringing together Democrats and Republicans to open schools safely. Alex Askew, a Democrat representing the military town of Virginia Beach, said he, quote, strengthened education by helping our schools secure funding to reopen safely. Dan Helmer, who in 2019 unseated a nine-term Republican incumbent in Prince William and Fairfax counties, took credit for, quote, a roadmap to safety, safely reopen public schools. So this, this is what happens, okay? Republicans will be on the right side. They will be leading the charge on an issue, right? The Democratic Party will see that it's good, and then after that, they'll be like, oh, we were the ones to do that, right? So the Republican Party is the party that freed the slaves. If you don't know that, I don't know where you've been. The Republican Party was a party that freed the slaves from the from from Democrats. But if you ask him a, a Democratic leader now, they'll say it was them. The Republican State Leadership Committee said the campaign season reversal amounts to nothing more than gaslighting. They were 100% right. Last school year, with no sign of liberal-controlled jurisdictions opening schools anytime soon, Republicans in the, legis- in the legislature drafted SB 1303, which required all school districts to offer education five days a week. Of its 10 sponsors, only two were Democrats. Republicans wanted the bill to take effect right away, but the version that gained enough Democratic support to secure passage delayed implementation until the fall of 2021, a year and a half after schools were first shut down. None of the Democrats who took credit for opening schools voted for an amendment that would have made it immediate. Think about that for a second. I'm going to give you a second to think about that, seriously. None of the Democrats who took credit for opening schools voted for an amendment that would have made it immediate. Yet they're the ones saying they wanted to open the schools. By the time of those votes in February 2021, data showed that closed schools had led to massive levels of failure and inequality in the state all during the 10-month period between March 2020 and January 2021. Reopening schools by September 2021 meant up to another seven months of lost learning. Records obtained by the National 
uh, National Review showed that unions spent thousands, sent thousands of emails to Democratic state lawmakers about reopening. Other Democrats, such as Kathleen Murphy, are proudly advertising that their alliance with the teachers union this election, appearing to think that traditionally Democratic voters will still fall captive to tribal appeals, such as mentions of Donald Trump, even though if they have little to do with the state policy in 2021, and are unlikely to have a palpable effect on families, lives the way that schools do. Such a strategy seemed to work for Gavin Newsom, the California governor who survived a recall election this year. Donald Trump hasn't been in office for nearly nine months. However, he is still a hot topic issue. This is like transferring schools and your old school still talks about you. Seriously. Donald Trump actually was in the great state of Georgia the other day. It was great to see him. But others in Virginia are, are moms like Sandra Davis, a lifelong Democratic voter up to and including a vote for Joe Biden in 2020. Politicians' deference to teachers' unions to the point where her child was being deprived of an education spurred her to support Republican candidate for governor, Glenn Youngkin. She said, quote, The science said that schools were safe, but the unions didn't want to reopen in spite of the fact that kids were in private schools in Virginia and public schools in other states were having in-person classes. She said, according to Fairfax Times, the National Education Association donated $400,000 to the campaign of Democratic gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe, who is just quite frankly a joke. I'm not going to lie to you. Now, we're going to get to another election uh, uh, in California. We're going to speak about that one. But first, this show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market, in, in my personal opinion. And I, I don't have wrong opinions. If you go to built.com and use code LETFREEDOMRING, you'll get 12% off your order. Personally, I like the double chocolate. I've been trying to get back into shape here recently, and the double chocolate every every day after the show before I go work out is amazing. It's great. It, it really does fuel me, and plus, every bar you buy will help me go back to fight the left just a little bit harder. That is built.com, B-U-I-L-T.com, uh, code LETFREEDOMRING. L-E-T-F-R-E-E-D-O-M-R-I-N-G. Let freedom ring. Like I said, that double chocolate, absolutely amazing. Now, after the California recall, Democrats fret over Latino vote. And I've been saying this for a while. Republicans need to quit worrying about trying to get the black vote. The black population in this country has stayed relatively 12% since at least the late 90s. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't appeal to black black voters. Obviously, I think we should and we can. But the fastest growing group in the country are Hispanics. And Hispanics are a lot more likely to become conservative. I mean, for, for, for Christ's sake, the vast majority of them are, are, uh, are, are Catholics. And Catholics are overwhelmingly pro-life. Democrats are wondering whether they have a problem with Latino voters and what they actually might have is a problem with working-class voters. The concern began growing after former President Donald Trump made inroads with Latinos in the 2020 presidential election. Data compiled by Catalyst, a Democratic election data firm, showed that while Democrat Joe Biden still carried the Latino vote comfortably, Mr. Trump did eight points better among Latinos than he did in 2020, four years earlier. Further research by the Pew Research Center suggested that President Trump did better among Latino men, and did substantially better among those without a college education. Fast forward to a lot. Fast forward to last week, which brought the first big post-presidential test of the Latino vote in the form of the gubernatorial recall vote in California, the state with the largest Latino population. The results there again suggested a softening of Latino support. 
Exit polls showed 60% of Latino voters voted against recalling Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom. That was slightly below the overall statewide vote of 63.5% against recalling and 64% of Latino voters who backed Mr. Newsom when he was elected in 2018. California Governor Gavin Newsom thanked voters after results indicated that he easily defeated a recall effort led by Republicans who have criticized his handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. Two caveats are in order. First, exit polls haven't proven completely reliable in recent election cycles, particularly in reading demographic subgroups. So more parsing than the California vote is needed to drawing big conclusions. Still, as vote counts are tabulated, there's evidence to suggest some weakening among Latinos. In four of the five California counties with the highest percentage of Latino population, the share of the vote in support of Governor Gavin Newsom in 2021 was slightly below the share that Mr. Biden got for the Democrats in 2020. The second caveat is that Democrats will continue to win the Latino vote comfortably. The problem for Democrats, though, is that even a small erosion in their traditionally solid position the, uh, position with Latinos, the nation's fastest-growing demographic group, can make big differences in key states. A strong performance among Latinos enables Democrats to continue gaining ground in Arizona, Texas, and Georgia, for example, while erosion among le- uh, Latino imperils the states such as Nevada and North Carolina. Most of those states are balanced closely enough between the two parties that small movements and voting groups can make a decisive difference. Thus, even a small slippage among the Latinos is a big concern. You do see a consistent pattern, and that is and that is, Democrats have taken some losses with groups of Latino voters, said Democratic pollster Mark Melman. They are not huge losses, but they are meaningful losses. The burning question for the party is why there might be some erosion. Finding the answer starts with understanding that the Latino vote, particularly as it grows in size, isn't monolithic. There are big differences in political attitudes among Latinos depending on their country of origin, whether they are first- and second-generation Americans, and perhaps, above all, their level of education. Latinos are very diverse. Diverse is diverse in the issues that matter to them and in their ideology, said Dorian Call, a director for civic engagement at the Nalio Education Fund, a nonpartisan organization promoting Latino participation in politics. Within this picture of diversity, there are emerging signs that the most political division among Latinos is the same one seen among white voters, the split between white collars with a college education and blue collars without a one. As the importance of better education, better educated, higher income voters has grown within the Democratic Party. It has found its grip loosening on the working class as Americans who once formed the backbone of the party, such voters, where the white or Latino tend to tilt more conservative culturally. They've been especially hurt by shutdowns of economic activity during COVID-19 and are deeply concerned by job stability in a changing economy. Immigration policy doesn't appear to be a big factor in political thinking among such as Latinos, as traditionally assumed, most analysts say. Now think about it. Think about why, call it, why, call it, why non-college educated people We'll think we'll, we'll worry about COVID or we'll worry about we'll be voting conservative. Just think about it. The answer is quite simple. College educated people tend to make more money on average, tend to. And therefore, they have their issues are more are not as important to the. The economy doesn't matter as much as somebody who makes $100,000 a year versus somebody who makes $40,000 a year. Somebody who's on the lower end of their company versus somebody who is, you know, one of the leaders in their company. But I digress. Moreover, there are also signs that the Latino vote, including in California's recall vote, is marked by the same kind of urban-rural divide that now characterizes the vote generally. 
with Democrats significantly stronger in urban areas across the, across the board than they are in rural areas. Clearly, Democrats can't simply take the Latino vote for granted. They also may find that if they shore up weakness among working-class voters generally, they will do the same with Latino voters. But they can't. This is the problem. This is what they're not, that, that article that I just read is not telling you. The real problem is a lot of these Latino voters and, and just Americans in general are anti this woke socialist stuff that people are trying to do where you rewrite history to benefit you. You want an example? Okay, perfect. I have an example for you. The ACLU leader says, quote, it was a mistake to alter the Ruth Bader Ginsburg quote about women it's and uh, that strips references to women. This is, this is a real thing that actually happened. The ACLU put out a quote about women from Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was the only second ever woman on, yeah, second ever woman on the court. The leader of the ACLU apologized Monday night for honoring the one-year anniversary of RBG's passing by removing by removing references to to women in a quote about women and abortion. The alteration appears to have been a bizarre attempt at making the late justice's words more inclusive. We won't be altering people's quotes. Anthony Romero, executive director of the ACLU, told the New York Times on Monday evening, it was a mistake among the digital team. Changing quotes is not something we ever did. Last week, the organization decided to tweet an altered version of the quote and received intense back backlash for it. The original quote, which the ACLU was fine repeating on its website in the original last year, reads, quote, The decision whether or not to bear a child is central to a woman's life, to her well-being and dignity. When government controls that decision for her, she is being treated as a less-than-fully adult human responsible for her own choices. But the ACLU digital team decided to remove the gendered language from the quote, so it would read, quote, the, de the decision whether or not to bear a child is central to a person's life, to their well-being and dignity, when the government controls that decision for people, they are being treated as less than a fully adult human responsible for their own choices. Look, I'm going to break this down very, very simply. Only males can, 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 and females, only females can have children. That, that's just objectively true. Biological females can only, are the only ones who can, who can have children. Although Romero said the mistake would not happen again, he appeared to justify the alteration as well-intentioned, telling the New York Times that it was, quote, not a mistake without a thought. The tweet was still online as of Monday night. Having spent time with Justice Ginsburg, I would like to believe that if she were alive today, she would encourage us to evolve our language to encompass a broader vision of gender, identity, and sexuality, Romero told the Times. Other left-wing language changes have appeared around the topic of women as well. On Monday... The editor for The Lancet, a prestigious medical journal, apologized to those who were offended by the recent issue cover, which used the phrase bodies with vaginas. The editor, however, also said that he wanted to, quote, emphasize that transgender health is an important dimension of modern healthcare, but one that remains neglected, and encouraged people to read the full article, which did use the, term, the, the word women a handful of times. And earlier this year, Rep. Cory Bush, Democrat of Missouri, invoked the phrase birthing people when talking about maternal health. She also used the phrase menstruating person. Cory Bush is just a, just an absolute joke. There used to be a time when being a congressman or congressional senator, whatever, was 
actually something that mattered in life. That was like actually an accomplishment. Now you just have to out pander the moderate left in the in most of these left districts. Now let's move to everyone's favorite state, the state of Florida. DeSantis directs his Secretary of State to investigate Facebook for alleged election interference. Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis directed Secretary of State Laurel Emley to investigate Facebook for alleged election interference, saying that reports suggesting that Facebook impacted the results of state and local elections were, quote, an affront to the basic principles of our republic. I hereby direct your office immediately investigate this election this alleged election interference caused by Facebook through its whitelisting program and any other previous undisclosed program within Facebook in order to determine whether any violations of Florida election laws took place. DeSantis said in a letter to Lee, your office should use all legal means to uncover any such violations, including but not limited to issuing subpoenas, conducting witness interviews, re- reviewing all available information, and consulting with law enforcement. DeSantis' order follows an explosive report in the Wall Street Journal that alleged that Facebook gave preferential treatment to some of the platform's elite users. What does elite mean? The portion of the report that DeSantis focused on stated, quote, while the program included most government officials, it it didn't include all candidates for public office, at times effectively granting incumbents in elections an advantage over challengers. The discrepancy was most prevalent in state and local races, documents show, and employees worry that Facebook could be subject to accusations of favoritism. It's no secret that big tech censors have long enforced their own rules inconsistently, DeSantis said. If this new report is true, Facebook has violated Florida law to put its thumb on the scale of numerous state and local races. Floridians deserve to know how much this corporate titan has influenced our elections. That's why I'm directing Secretary Lee to use all legal means to uncover violations of Florida election law. The thought of Facebook clandestinely manipulating elections is an affront to the basic principles of our republic. We, the people, have the right to choose our representatives whether or not, whether or not Silicon Valley approves. The press release from DeSantis's office continued. Internal documents obtained by the Wall Street Journal reveal the egregious double standard that Facebook applies to its users. While most people are subject to arbitrary censorship at the whims of so-called fact-checkers, Facebook grants select users the freedom to disregard the platform's own community standards without the threat of enforcement action. If the Wall Street Journal report is accurate, Facebook has created a privileged class of speakers and has empowered them to manipulate our elections with impunity. Even more disturbing, these elite users on Facebook's whitelist were allegedly selected by tech giant behind closed doors. The selection process, scope, and reward influence of the whitelist is concealed from the public and known only to Facebook. If this is true, this process may have provided a benefit to incumbent elected positions over their challengers in state and local elections. Floridians deserve to have faith that their elections are free from big tech interference and corporations like Facebook deserve to be held accountable for actions that erode the legitimacy of our institutions. He's 100% correct. I was one of the first people that big tech tried to censor. Thank God that my congressman was able to get me back on because I don't know where I'd be today. Now, we're about to get into the debt ceiling or what, what could be the debt ceiling, but first... Make sure you sign up for my newsletter at noahring.org, N-O-A-H-R-I-N-G.org. I have some big news coming out in the next couple of months. Some of you guys listening I've told about. Some of you guys listening will be very surprised. Also, make sure you text 912-254-4838, 912-254-4838. If you want to be on the show, I will read whatever you want me to read on the show as long as it's, you know, I, I, I won't get in trouble for reading it. You're fine. 
So go ahead and text that number. Now, GOP senators blocked Democratic bill to fund government, suspend debt ceiling. Senate Republicans blocked a Democratic bill that would both fund the government and raise the country's borrowing limit, escalating a political showdown over the government's finances just days, just a mere days before it runs out of money. Democrats sought to pass a House-approved stopgap measure that funds the government through December 3rd, 2021 and suspends the debt limit through December 16th, 2022. Suspends. They are racing to send the legislation to President Biden's desk before the government current funding expires at 12.01 a.m. October 1st. While lawmakers in both parties negotiated the short-term government funding, Republicans voted against Monday's procedural motion in a bid to force Democrats to adjust, address the debt limit themselves. With, 58, with 48 in favor and 50 opposed, the legislation fell short of the 60 votes required to advance the evenly in the evenly split chamber. <clears throat> Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has notified lawmakers that the government may be unable to keep paying its bills on time as early as next month if Congress doesn't authorize additional borrowing. The failure of the procedural vote Monday could prompt Democrats to decouple the short-term spending measure and the debt limit vote. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi suggested last week that Democrats would do so, saying that Congress would pass a stopgap spending measure before the end of the month to keep the government funded. Really? Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said Monday that Republicans would support the funding measure if independent, independent of a debt ceiling vote. Now think about this for a moment. Think about this debt ceiling. Senate Republicans have un almost unanimously lined up against the vote raising to raise the debt ceiling as a protest against Democrats' agenda, including the $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill Democrats approved earlier this year and the broader $3.5 trillion education, child care, health care, and climate bill. Oh, my God. Like I said, they need to ban infrastructure bills. They're now working on GOP lawmakers say that Democrats, as the party in power, should take care of the debt limit themselves. Democrats say that votes to raise the debt limit during the Republican-Trump administration were bipartisan. Social Security checks, Medicare benefits, veteran benefits, small business, all this and more is now on the chopping block because the Senate Republicans are playing games with the full faith and credit of the United States, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said. Now, Mr. Schumer, who changed his vote to a no to preserve his ability to bring the bill back to the floor, said the Senate would continuously work on the issue. Senator McConnell had attempted to bring up a government funding patch without the debt limit, but Democrats blocked that effort. Because they want to, to run up debt. Democrats control the entire government, the Senate, the House, and the White House. They intend to sideline Republicans and go at it alone to slam American families with historic tax hikes and borrowing, Mr. McConnell said. So they will need to raise the debt limit on a partisan basis as well. The impasse comes after Democrats also face a number of debates within their own party over the social policy and climate bill, including the amount of spending and level of tax increases it should include. They are working to begin resolving those differences this week, hoping to open the door to the House passage of a roughly $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill. Progressives have said that they would block that legislation until an ironclad agreement is met on the social policy and climate bill. Mr. Pelosi said in a meeting, Ms. Pelosi, sorry, said in a meeting Monday evening with House Democrats that she was moving ahead with a vote on the infrastructure bill on Thursday, saying that could no longer be contingent on the passage of the social policy and climate package. She said her approach had changed when she realized the overall spending of tax cuts would have amounted to less than three and a half children because of centrist concerns. Wow. It's centrist to pass three and a half trillion dollars. I told, I told all of you that we wouldn't go on 
the infrastructure bill until we had the reconciliation bill passed in the Senate. We were right on schedule to do all that until 10 days ago, a week ago, when I heard the news that this, num- that this number had to come down. Speaker Pelosi told House Democrats on Monday evening, according to someone familiar with her comments, quote, we had to accommodate the changes that were being necessitated and we cannot be ready to say until the Senate bill has passed. We can't do Biff, she said. What the hell is Biff? Anyway. Still, lockmakers said that they were continuing negotiations on the broader budget bill with the hope of hammering out its general parameters and overall spending levels this week. It wasn't clear yet Monday night if Democratic law leaders had secured enough support to pass the bill. Some liberal, liberal Democrats have said they are ready to oppose infrastructure bill without a detailed agreement with the Senate on the social policy and climate change. We need the entire reconciliation bill. Representative Jayapal, Democrat of Washington, chairman of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, told reporters on Monday evening, quote, some framework that can still take another several months to get done is that the Senate has not agreed to, that has not been voted on, is not going to do it for us. Wow, she's so brave. But other liberals said that they would vote for the infrastructure bill, which is also expected to draw support of roughly a dozen or more Republicans, according to lawmakers and aides. On the debt ceiling, Democrats do have the power to raise the debt limit without a Republican cooperation if they pursue a budget process called reconciliation. But doing so could be time-consuming, and Democrats have to continue to push for Republicans to either support the measure, at least expedite the process for Democrats to do it along party lines, which just won't happen. Rand Paul will definitely filibuster that. A vote to raise the debt limit uh, does, not, does not authorize new spending. Instead, essentially allows the Treasury Department to raise money to pay for expenses the government has already authorized. About two-thirds of federal spending is automatic on programs such as Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security, while the other third is discretionally and annually approved by Congress. A default on debt could have cat- catastrophic financial consequences and pressures on bo- that both parties to resolve an issue will likely grow as Congress nears the deadline. Neither the Treasury Department nor outside organizations have settled on a specific date for when the government will exhaust its ability to pay its bills with someone doing it. Now, it's important to realize that, one, they're spending our money. Okay, they're spending our money. And, unfortunately, my two senators are both wacko Democrats who are on their side. But it's important. Call your representative. Call Congress. Let me give you Congress's number because you need to call Congress and ask for your representatives if and tell them not to vote for this. I'm serious. 202-224-3121. 202-224-3121. And that will get you to the switchboard. As you can tell, I call them a lot to get them on my shows. But... This is important. This is very important. Now, we'll be back on the second hour with another hour, obviously, of me talking. But make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you come back tomorrow morning, 8 to 10 a.m. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.